Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, let the dogs out. What? Do what? Let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the program. Loaded up today. Chris Landry will join us. As you can see, Caleb Calhoun and Amanda LaFrada are here. So we've got a lot going on as the transfer portal begins to be a real, real thing. So we will talk about it today already affecting Tennessee and should Tennessee look to greener pastures to fill in for possibly a position that could use a little help that caused a lot of talk over the weekend. I think you know what I'm talking about. That guy takes snaps. So we'll discuss that and more with Caleb Calhoun and Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? Good morning, Dave. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. How about you, Caleb? How's things rocking in your world? They are amazing. Tremendous, believe me. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Love to hear that. All right. So let's go ahead and get to the down and dirty at 30 as there's a lot going on in the transfer portal as it hit high gear yesterday for Tennessee as far as the outflow. The inflow is probably going to take a little bit longer, but down and dirty at 30 brought to you by nutrition world. I stopped by nutrition world just the other day and picked up my supplements, but you can order them online as well. Go to nutritionw.com. That's nutritionw.com. And don't put something into your body that is not perfect for your needs. Don't put something in your body. That's not high quality because that is what can happen at those acronym supplement stores. So go to nutritionw.com nutritionw.com and they will take care of you all right caleb so they say you went with the jimmies and joes a couple of jimmies are out the dough um and that would be jimmy (laughs) that would be jimmy holiday and jimmy calloway um they enter the transfer portal and for those that don't know here the way the rules work you enter the transfer portal you can evaluate other schools However, you can come back to your original school, but the original school doesn't have to hold the scholarship. So you're kind of gambling a little bit that somebody else, which is so weird to me to put on an 18, 19, 20-year-old guy. But anyway, so Jimmy Calloway, Jimmy Holiday, 
uh, have entered the transfer portal. A couple of running backs, too. But, Caleb, first, let me get your thoughts on the impact of both guys. And really, I think the signal that is being sent by the program and their announcements. You go. So they're actually a little bit different, even though they both play wide receiver. Um, I think Jimmy Holidays makes a little more sense. I think the emergence of Squirrel White just made it. And then D. Williams taking over a punt returning, too. I, I think that just made it effectively. There was no room for Jimmy Holiday. There's, you know, he's a junior. He was, a, I think he's got two years of eligibility left. Um, and with D. Williams, with, um, with, with uh, Squirrel White emerging, I, the type of role Jimmy Holiday would play, he's just never going to play at Tennessee. Now, Jimmy Calloway threw me off a little bit um, because even though he's been there two years, um, you know, Cedric Tillman is going to be gone at, after this year. He's gone. Jalen Hyatt's probably going to the pros too. So there was definitely probably an opening in the in the slot for a guy like Jimmy Hall- Jimmy Calloway, um, even if Ramel Keaton and Brew McCoy are back on the outside. Um, and so that one I was a little bit more shocked by, but I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of understand with them, you know, again, Squirrel White had emerged so much in the slot too for Tennessee at receiver that Jimmy Calloway probably was just like, I, I, there's no spot for me to, there's no room for me to become a starter. So I'm going to look elsewhere. I thought, I, I don't want to judge players too harshly whenever they do anything. Holidays made sense. I think Calloway ducked competition a little bit. I do too. I do too. I completely do. And I think Squirrel White's the most exciting player on this entire team. You want to know why I think so? Because I think for the first time under, it, you know, they didn't have Bayless Jones at that slot receiver position for the, for just one year. They had him for one year. They didn't have time to really prepare him. I thought that Jalen Hyatt, they had um, really for one off season because he admitted that he came into last season with a poor attitude. I think Squirrel White at that slot receiver gets really scary and gets really interesting with two or three years to prepare for him. I think there's more things you can do with him. So I was I was surprised by uh, the latter, as you mentioned, the latter, Jimmy. Um, and I think there is some ducking of competition. I think it sends a statement, Amanda, that this football team is going to be aggressive in the transfer portal. And – I think there may have been a quiet message made, just like there was in recruiting with a Stallings kid when they went to Khalifa Keith, that, hey, buddy, we really we really appreciate you. I, I just don't know if there's going to be much of a role for you. I think those sorts of conversations happen. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that Tennessee is going to be a, a strong contender in the transfer portal <clears throat> and, and one that a lot of players out there are going to want to go for. I mean, if you're an offensive player and you want recognition, this is the offense you want to play in. So I think that Hypo, I'm not saying this is what's happening, but behind the scenes going, hey, maybe you're a better fit elsewhere because we really, you're not going to be up to the standard. And I don't think that's wrong because this is real life, everybody. This is what happens in the real world. So even if these kids are 18 to 22 and they have the option to go elsewhere and to look at other places, I think that schools and coaches and programs should have the option to say, hey, you don't really fit very well here. You're not going to get any playing time. Here's the honest truth. Transfer out. Yes. So 
They have four that have atten- intend to in- enter the transfer portal. Let me clarify on that. So, um, so you have two others in Linmeth Whitehead, um, who I was a little surprised by because I thought that I'd heard good things in the preseason before the preseason injury, Caleb. And then Justin Williams-Thomas, what are your take on those two? Yeah, I was honestly surprised by both. Um, that was Lynn, – Lynn Neth Whitehead, I think there's something there, but we were just talking about Khalifa Keith and Will Stallings. Do we wonder if the coaches are so high on Khalifa Keith that they don't think that they're – because that he plays a similar role to Whitehead in terms of that you know big physical power back almost – I'm not comparing them, guys. Don't accuse me of this. But the Derrick Henry profile of ba- of a back, not, not that he's going to be as good as Derrick Henry. I'm saying, but he fits that type of profile, which Lyndeth Whitehead did. And um, maybe they see something in Khalifa Keith. Again, Justin Williams-Thomas, that the emergence of Dylan Sampson early may have uh, had an impact on his psyche. But at the same time, Jabari Smalls a junior, Jalen Wright's a sophomore, Maybe he got impatient and wanted to play early and went elsewhere. I mean, which anybody who knows the history of Tennessee football, running back is a position you wait your turn to play at Tennessee. That's that's always been the the rule with Tennessee. And if you wait your turn, you can end up having a great season. Look at Travis Stevens, two thousand one. And so, I've, I, I view think- those I view those guys, Caleb, in two very different ways. I'm sorry if I interrupted you. I view those guys in two different ways. The the Limith Whitehead was supposed to be like the power back, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think they go out and they get Khalifa Keith to be that power back. I think that they find a Princeton Fant who who sort of filled that role for the time being. But yes, that one really surprises me. He's essentially going against a freshman for the power back role that Princeton Fant was so successful in. If you want to say that that fullback type of role, I don't know that's exact position, but they need a power back with two guys that are kind of slight at the running back position now. <coughs> but the one that I think is is clearly Amanda a situation of I'm going to bounce and not tough it out is Justin Williams, uh, Justin Williams, Thomas, excuse me. Uh, I always want to say JTT, Justin Williams, Thomas. I I think that is clearly a situation where he doesn't want to play the competition game. And if that's the case, go, because when you talk from a physical perspective, he's as incredible of a specimen on the team as there is. And I don't think he picked up pass pro from what I was told. And listen, if you don't want to do that, that's a big part of this offense. Maybe you should go find an I-formation team if there is one in the nation and just run the football and be a running back because you got to be able to pay, play pass pro in this in this offense. Well, I think that's, you know, that's a given. But to be fair, maybe he doesn't want to sit behind a bunch of people, and I don't think that that's necessarily wrong. Um, if if we're going to open this transfer portal up and let people do what they want and go wherever they want, then then maybe there is a better fit for him somewhere else. Maybe he doesn't fit in this offense and he realizes that and he wants to go. Now, with Whitehead, I thought he was already in the transfer portal. I thought last, like, when he got injured or whatever, that he was gone, that he made that known a long mm-hmm. time ago. I don't I don't believe he's made it known. And and by the way, they can't actually enter the portal till the fifth. They've all announced that they intend to. So John pointed that out 
Um, so to clarify, so they they can enter the portal by the fifth, and they've all announced that they plan to do so. So I, I hadn't heard Caleb of him doing so beforehand. Have you? No, I haven't either. Um, I, it could. There were quite a few players during the Pruitt and at the start of the Hypo era that entered the transfer portal and came back. So I'm not. I, I, I my mind gets a little hazy on which ones did what. Um, I know Karak Arlen was one of those players. Um, I'm not sure who else. Um, so don't quote me on it. And then I, I, I am a little. It is a little confusing because two other power backs from Tennessee did enter the portal in T Hodge and D Beckwith last year. I thought they entered the portal because of Lynette Whitehead. They didn't think they could beat him out as the power back. Um, so we'll kind of see how this goes. I mean, but you're right. It was, I'm with both of you. It was, it was shocking. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Dave. I don't know why he would enter with the, his only competition being Khalifa Keith this year. Princeton fans gone. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, and unless the coaches have maybe told him, look, we're all in on Khalifa Keith, but I don't think the coaches would do that. You want to, you want two at every position, so you'd love two power backs. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how this is going. What I will say is that, you know, on a macro scale, we're talking about the portal and, you know, the gamble you take. I got to be honest, guys. I think we're going to see a resurfacing of the um, old argument Derek Dooley tried to make in 2011 that I thought was an awful proposal he had. But you might see coaches make a case for this now, which is to say that if players can enter the portal at whim, we should be allowed to not have to honor scholarships um, on a yearly basis if they don't perform to how we want. And you might well, see some coaches fight well, for that they, rule. They don't. I mean, that's that's rarely done. They, they don't have to – a scholarship on the college's side is year to year. So, I mean, you can tell a guy that he's just not good enough and you're not going to honor a scholarship. Now, that is highly frowned upon, and that will kill you in recruiting. So it's not done often. But – I want to remind everybody, if these guys actually enter the portal on the 5th and they've announced publicly their intentions to do that, so I don't see why they would change their mind between now and then, but you have to consider the fact that um, th this this Tennessee football team is one that's going to be aggressive in the portal as well. And maybe they know that, and maybe they've been, as Amanda said, given little hints. Um, now, once they enter the portal, there might be one or two of these guys that Tennessee tries to talk out of it. But once you enter the portal, as I've uh, pointed out before, you do not have to hold their scholarship. Once they enter that portal, you, you don't have to enter the scholarship as of that moment. So you can let people go even sooner than after a year. So we appreciate you being on board. Please hit the like button. The like button opens things up for more viewers, and we're pushing at 1,500, so hit subscribe. We'd greatly appreciate that, and always share, tell your friends. That is simply awesome. So out of this group, um, Caleb, if they all leave, this four, which are the biggest blows? Which one is the one that you say, man, Tennessee really could have used him in 2023 or could have used him for the next three years? You pick. I'm not sure any of them are the biggest, but for because none of them seem like that significant. But for 2023 directly, I'm going to say Lyneth Whitehead because now the Vols again are back to one power back and he's a freshman. And if Khalifa Keith gets hurt, they're, they don't have a Princeton fan to fill that role. So 
I would say Lenneth Whitehead. Long term, I would probably say Justin Williams Thomas. Um, and so because we, you know, we we thought he could be an elite back. You know, you're right. You pick up pass protection in two years, you could be the feature back for Tennessee. Um, because I think we all are fans of Dylan Sampson here. I don't think any of us think Dylan Sampson can be the guy to carry the ball like 20 to 25 times a game. And so I I'm I think that's a big loss. Jimmy Calloway, Jimmy Holiday. I think Jimmy Calloway could have played at Tennessee if he fought for competition, but let's be honest, Tennessee's loaded at receiver. We're forgetting because of the players who stood out this year how deep Tennessee goes at that position. And so now, I think that's fine. So who all do you think Tennessee leans on in receiver next year? Obviously, Squirrel, Brew, um, who, who else? Who are the main? Ramel Keaton's coming Ramel back. Keaton. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to fit. I, I've got the top three, but I'm I'm, I'm going deeper than and that. Then if you're going to go a little deeper, like you got Caleb Webb, um, Cameron Miller, um, Chaz Nimrod, um, you know that's those are three guys that were all four stars, fringe four stars last year. They were buried in the depth chart this year just because of how deep Tennessee went. But I think you could see Tennessee rely on all of them. It's a, a little bit next year, so. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I think Cameron Miller will probably be the one. I think that's his name, right, Cameron Miller? I, I, I'm pretty sure that was his name. <laughs> um, he'll probably be the one to back up Squirrel White in the slot. Um, he's more of a uh, – he, he is a little more of a physical receiver. But um, I think that – although he did move to defensive back, didn't he, at the beginning of this year? So well, – I think what this speaks to is that they're all the the transfer portal is going to be very active for Tennessee, very very active, and I think people going out and going in are going to be something that uh, we're going to see. And again, the Down and Dirty brought to you by Nutrition World, nutritionw.com. I remind you to go there and order your supplements; they are fantastic. And Zul Beer Company, xulbeer.com, is the official craft beer of off the hook sports and now it's time for today's tough question which is brought to you by andy mason real estate go to andymasonrealestate.com we do our research have you done your research we're working like heck today's tough question what's the real debate you sipping my soup guadalupe exclusively on off the hook sports with dave hooker and amanda lafrada you drinking my sake kimosabi oh my god All right, today's tough question is brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Over 40 years of experience, AndyMasonRealEstate.com. That's all you got to go to, and you will not lose thousands or tens of thousands of dollars if you go to AndyMasonRealEstate.com because they've got over 40 years of experience. Best service and best prices, I kid you not. I've used them several times. Best service, best prices in the biz in the Knoxville area. So AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's tough question. If you're Tennessee, do you look at other quarterbacks in the transfer portal? Because here's what we know. Caleb, you have been high on what you've heard in Taven Jackson. I've heard similar things about Taven Jackson, but he did not play against Vanderbilt. That could be one of two things. That could be... He's not ready, or that could be uh, you don't want to send Nico the wrong message right before signing day, quite frankly. Um, 
or it could just be that Joe Milton is by far the next best guy. No question about it after Hendon Hooker. So Joe Milton has accuracy issues. I'm not just basing that off the rain in Vanderbilt. We've seen it before. So Joe Milton would be a natural transition being an upperclassman to get you to Nico. But my question is, is he good enough to play this upcoming year? Nico still looks incredibly thin to me. And yes, John, I know Jackson had a collarbone issue. Um, but I'm still a little surprised that we haven't heard more or maybe we will hear more in the bowl game from Taven Jackson. So, Caleb, I ask you this question. If you're Tennessee, are you active? <laughs> Volunteer 77 says, absolutely. freaking -lutely. Are you active in finding a quarterback in the portal this year? So how do you want to break down the question, Amanda? You're better at this than me. It's already broken down. <clears throat> so should Tennessee target a QB in the transfer portal? No, Milton is the answer. No, nah, we got our guy. Sure, why not? And yes, we need better. Okay, I would go yes, we need better based off that. Uh, Caleb, how about you? I would go, and first of all, I want to apologize. Walker Merrill was the other receiver I was thinking of. Apologies okay. to Walker Merrill. He's going to back up Squirrel Light. Right. Um, just wanted to get out that out. Um, I would go, yeah, sure, why not? Um only because I think you can always upgrade in the portal. Um, I think the only thing that kind of holds me back a little bit is you got two quarterbacks coming in and the team, there's a chemistry issue. The team likes Joe Milton. I agree. I don't think, I don't know if he's cut out for next year to, to start the whole year, but the team really does respect him. And so, you know, Gage says, no, Nico is going to take over next year. I, I understand that people want that to happen. That just doesn't happen a lot. You do not see a lot of quarterbacks come in and take over. Maybe he is that good. Maybe Arch Manning will do the same thing at Texas because they're the two most highest-rated quarterbacks. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But, uh, Amanda, I mean, there are just not a lot of quarterbacks that step into the SEC and are ready to play. And I don't know how many highlights you've seen of Nico, but he could eat a sandwich or two. I mean, he's pretty light. Yeah, and I don't think we should count that against him, but also there's a difference no, between Yeah, there's a difference between 17 and, and 20. So I think that you don't want if you can help not starting, it's just like in the NFL, if you can help not starting the rookie and letting him sit for a year, that's what you want to do in college. You don't want to immediately stick him in there unless he's huge like Tim Tebow or something, because you don't want him hurt. And, and is if he can sit behind and maybe, you know, go in a game where you're just killing somebody like an Akron or something like that um, and, and get the snaps in that way, then I think that's the best option for you. So I would not go, OK, let's let's throw it all on Nico his first year in, because I think that is a recipe more often than not for disaster. Caleb, here's the other question. Whoever, whoever those corporate sponsors are that said, hey, uh, Nico, here's $8 million if you believe the reports, at what point do they start to put pressure on the university to play him? Particularly with the university going all in on NIL deals. I mean, that that's its own issue. 
I would say I don't think that'll have as much of an impact next year because I think Heupel could probably say, hey, to the to the donors, guys, he's our quarterback for the future. I do think that's a factor, though. I think that's a factor very similar to um, I think that's a factor very similar to back in the day, you know, in the 50s and the 60s when, you know, people whose kids legacy parents this was very common back then had their kids playing at the university and was like you know i expect my kid to start for this game and that game and i you know you're kind of, you're kind of returning to that um but yes that, that that money situation will be an issue in the future um but you know hypo you know if you have guts and you're the coach and you run the program you say hey i run this program i'm sorry that you gave him eight million dollars i i'm still going to make my decisions based on who's the best player and you got to make your investments more smarter or smarter. Yeah. Uh, Gage says Trevor Lawrence uh, came in and started. Again, I'm not saying it's impossible, Gage. I'm just saying that the odds would, wouldn't we all agree that the odds are that you're not going to come in and start day one? Is yeah. There- I mean, and Trevor Lawrence is a little bit of a different <clears throat> kind of quarterback than I think Nico is. I mean, Trevor yeah, Lawrence is pretty. He was considered a once in a generational yeah. type of talent. Yeah. Glad. Yeah, I was the, it, it it depends on the quarterback psyche. There are some who it works if you throw them to the wolves and some who need to sit. Um going the NFL route, I think Aaron Rodgers needed to sit because I know a lot of stories where Aaron Rodgers wasn't Chris Landry could talk about this funny enough, but Aaron Rodgers wasn't coached to play quarterback the proper way at Cal under Jeff Tedford. And so they actually had to rework his footwork and they actually had to send him to camp. So he needed like three years. Peyton Manning was polished. You throw him to the wolves because you trust that he is mentally tough enough to handle it. And so the Colts in 98 threw him to the wolves and they were like, let's let him play horrible. And he played horrible. Yeah. He broke the (laughs) record for most interceptions in a season. Um, Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. He they threw him to the wolves. I'll give you another one. They threw to the wolves was Troy Aikman, and they there's did. there's a similarity here. I remember John Madden saying during a game late in the season, said, "Man, this Aikman guy can be good if he's just not beat up all the bleep um, by the end of the year." Because they had no offensive line. Tennessee is rebuilding an offensive line, so you could always use that argument if you get any pressure from corporate sponsors. And man, I hope that's not the case. I hate that we're even having this conversation about corporate sponsors, but you could always use the argument to Nico's family or Nico's sponsors or whoever they are and say, listen, he is a guy that is great, needs to put on some weight and the offensive line has been rebuilt. But when I watch him play, he just looks incredibly thin to me. Um, that that would be my biggest concern. Um, well, and also <clears throat> the SEC defenses and the ACC defenses are completely different. So you're putting out, you know, this quarterback who's thin and you have Georgia's, you know, linebackers and Alabama's linebackers and all of these other big dudes that are coming to smash his like face. You know, and Trevor <laughs> and Lawrence. Everything else. And his concave yeah. chest. Yes, and everything else. So Trevor Lawrence didn't really face that type, those types of defenses unless it was in the playoff. I mean, his freshman year, he doesn't have to worry about that until he's in the playoff. And you're right. In, in a playoff, anybody can prepare for one playoff game. It's can you do yeah. it week in and week out. 
Yeah. Uh, John's saying Nico is coming in early. How much weight could he put on in eight months? I bet it's already started. I bet the guys, you know, West Coast time as we're live now. It's about, uh, what, uh, six o'clock in the morning. I bet he has already have like four eggs. I'm guessing. I mean, I, I would already be on if I were him. You have four eggs before you lift and then you lift and you come back and you have a full breakfast if you want to add weight. Um, so I'm guessing that he, he has already started that. How much weight could he put on in an off season? Really, really good weight. 10 pounds. 12. I'd say 20. 20? If he hits the weight room, if he tries to build muscle mass, then yeah, 20. Muscle weighs more than fat, so. Yeah, but man, I don't know that you can pull in that many calories when you're out there burning calories, throwing the football and drills. That would be my concern. Make him do less cardio and make him put on more weight. That seems like a lot, man. If you got to 15, if you could guarantee 15 right now, I'd take it. Gage said, also, Bryce Young's high school coach, who's Nico's coach, said the level where Nico is at is just impressive as Young at that team uh, down south. But but Bryce Young didn't start his freshman year. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, that kind of yeah, speaks to my point. Um, and if he's anywhere close to as good as Bryce Young, he'll be just fine. So we're going to get joined by Chris Landry here momentarily hang with us i uh, want to remind you that guardian investment advisors is man th nowadays with video teleconferencing you don't have to just go with your buddy as your investment advisor you can go with guardian investment advisors and they're one of the best and they'll take care of you when it comes to placing your money in the right spot they'll make sure that you are educated as to where that money is going go to giaplantoday.com giaplan today.com guardian investment advisors chris landry up next in sports it has risen to the highest level in over 40 years according to the april 2022 u.s inflation calculator will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation simply stated if the cost of goods and services are eight percent higher and you're only earning four percent in your investments that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your This is Al's Barbecue Supplies, so come on in. 
see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus the complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Welcome back. <clears throat> We're going to see how we can work this out. What happens if we bring in a fourth member of the panel? Should be fun. Brought to you by Zach England, the best in Brock. Zach England is the best personal injury attorney in the Chattanooga area. Zach England is phenomenal. He can battle those insurance attorneys head-to-head, -head and he will win. And he will get you the proper compensation for your personal injury issues. Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com joins us now. We'll see where. Oh, look, we got the four screen. It worked. I had no idea if that was going to work, Chris. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Probably be better if you just X'd out me and cover my uh, old ugly mug. But That's good right. morning, everybody. Yeah, if, How you guys doing? Well, if we if we crossed out the ugly people, it would just be Amanda and Caleb. Yeah, no. That's it right. Be <laughs> just talk, it'd be and you right. just talking from space somewhere. That's right. That's right. Uh, good point. <laughs> hey, Amanda brought up a great question. Um, right before the break and that was how much weight can you expect a guy to put on from his senior year keeping in mind that nico iamaleva is going to enroll as a midterm enrollee so how much weight can you expect him to put on because when i watch him he's pretty light which isn't unusual it's not a knock but he's pretty light and uh, how much weight could you expect a guy to realistically put on in the offseason? Depends upon his frame. Um, there are two things you – look, the, the, the width of your shoulders and the thickness of your wrists are good indicators of, of how much weight you can put on. I mean, you can be somebody that's bulked out and, and you know, be 185 pounds, and, you know, anything more than that is going to be fat and – slow you want to be at the weight where you're the you can still be the quickest um so but but i so the answer to that i and i have not seen nico in person um but that's how we do it we always look at it i'm going to tell you this though i, I over the years it's changed they're better at putting on weight good weight than ever before the nutrition, the nutrition supplements, the workout regimens. So in other words, it, that that answer to that question was one thing on a specific person in 1982 in my first draft versus, you know, 92 versus 2002 versus 2012. They're getting bigger and bigger. And a lot of it just has to do with the natural growth and quite frankly, just women are healthier when they have babies. And so the, the structure and the bone structure tells you an awful lot. 
that's what it really is. It's about your bone structure, your your height, your width of your shoulders, bone structure, big important factor. So that doesn't answer specifically because it's going to be individual to the player. Yeah, and I wonder too how you factor in decisions. And I mean, I want you to jump in here after this, but I wonder too how you factor in decisions about whether or not to play a true freshman when you have a rebuilt offensive line as Tennessee's going to have next year and how much all of those factors play into it, or is it simply, Hey, this guy may be skinny, but he's the best player right now. Throw him out there. Well, I think it, again, it's, it's, it's um, in a general sense, you'd like to have a guy to have a little bit more experience if you don't have, let's say you've got an inexperienced offensive line, it helps better if you've got not inexperienced at all the positions. That's a general sense. But what are your other options? Are the other options better? I mean, it, it comes down to that is what can you do at each position to get the best guy on the field? Now, if the young guy, young guy in college or the NFL, my experience is if they're not ready, it's more about, whether they not smart, you know, uh, intelligence, but do they know what they're doing? Because if you don't know what you're doing and you put them out on the field, you're not going to learn until you get out in the field. Not true. There's a lot of things that you need to learn before you can get on the field. And then once you've not mastered, but once you've had a strong grasp of what you're supposed to do in the classroom setting, you know, on, on the chalkboard, and then you take it out to practice, then at that point, you can take it to the game. Then it, then you need to see the game reps. But if you don't go through the first two steps, then all you're doing is just you're freelancing. And, and, and what you're doing is ingraining mistakes. And practice doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent. So if you don't know what you're doing, then you're getting out on the field. You're just regressing to just being an athlete. And, and there's some cases where that's all somebody has. But I would say that you determine this through practice. And if you're struggling to make good decisions and practice and seeing things correctly in practice, regardless of the position, then it's really not normally not a good idea to put them on the field, but you have to have better options. I always say you got, got to get 11 out in the field. Sometimes you, you can get away with like, like, for example, you can get away with a corner that has less experience, but you better not have a safety. You can get away with a pass rusher, an outside linebacker, but you better not have an inside linebacker that's inexperienced. You might be able to get away with an offensive tackle that is less experienced, but you better not have a center or a guard that is struggling to understand things. The closer you are to the ball, the tougher it is to know what to do schematically and assignment-wise. So that's a good rule of thumb to use, but then you got to factor in everything specific to your team. So Tennessee has, has obviously there more names are dropping about who's going into the transfer portal, just like it is everywhere around the nation. Who do you expect Tennessee to target or, or what kind of player are you expecting Tennessee to really go after in this transfer portal? Well, I think it depends. And and you, you're right. Everybody's doing it. And let's keep in mind that it's a two way street that, not all the players are leaving on their own. I don't, I don't have a, no way to, I can have a percentage on it, but around the country, what I'm noticing is players are leaving because they want to leave. And some of them are 
being shown the door. You know, once this transfer portal, you know, look, and it's not like you're done, goodbye. It's, look, we don't, this is where your situation is. Um, and, and, you know, be glad to try to help you somewhere else or whatever. And, and, and in this essence, they want to use your scholarship somewhere else. Yes. Um, so that's the that's the bad side. Oh, let them transfer. Yeah. Well, you do that, then you know you you you're no longer the well. We made a mistake in recruiting. You got a scholarship for four years, and and most of the time they end up. No disrespect, but it's at a smaller school, and there's a lot lot more guys in the portal than, than find jobs. I, I think it really depends upon a where their weak spots are. They lose guys. They're losing for a reason. Either. They're leaving because they're not playing or they're not happy or they're moving up. So I think you got to look at that. I think you also have to look at you're gonna, who you're going to lose uh, just in terms of classification, who's, who's moving on. Um, in general, I mean, I think they need defensive help. I think impact players on defense. But this is going to be a pretty, a pretty decent rebuild for Tennessee in a lot of areas. So I, I think they're going to need – quite a few guys. I, I do think the receiver room is pretty good, but adding somebody with some experience, I think is going to be important in, in a lot of positions for Tennessee as it will be for a lot of players. So I, what's happening now is it's hard to look at rosters. I mean, you, I can look at rosters and say, I think this is where the biggest needs are, but that's going to change. And so I think that that's going to really dictate kind of where they're going to go. I, I did something, uh, on LandryFootball.com, talking about some of the the best players that I think are going to have impacts that have entered the transfer portal, or it looks like they're going to impact, but not all of them are going to be fit for for everybody. So I think it's going to be a wait and see proposition. I want uh, Caleb to jump in here first. I want to remind everybody that Chris's appearance brought to you in part by Biles Automotive Group on Callahan in Knoxville. There's no other place to go to purchase a car. Biles Automotive Group is phenomenal, and Biles Automotive Group has car selection. And they're, they want, they need, they appreciate your business, and they understand that honesty is so important. That's why you get the best deal and an honest deal with integrity, and you'll get the best service with the service department there as well. Caleb? Chris, we were talking before you came on about um, going back to the Nico story, throwing quarterbacks to the Wolves uh, too early because there's obviously mixed results depending on how good they are, whether it be college or NFL. We were talking about Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman. Worked out perfectly for them starting as rookies um, because as bad as they played, it they learned from it and they were mentally tough. Seems like it wrecked somebody like Ryan Leaf. Um and then one of the things I wanted to throw in, I wanted to know your thoughts. Sometimes I think starting early and having success early can actually work against you because you don't, when you don't learn as much by the time coordinators adjust to you, you don't feel like you need to do as much. I think something like Eric Ainge in 2004 to 2005, having such a successful true freshman campaign with Tennessee. What are your thoughts on all the different ways it could go? Well, it is individual. So like Peyton and Troy Aikman were, well, Peyton just, the record for the most interceptions and you know everybody was saying it was just awful well he was a mentally tough guy now ryan leaf um that bless him he had a lot of issues so if he had started he had sit if he had sat he was he was headed down a bad path anyway i don't think starting the first year hurt him in fact i remember because um <laughs> it happened i was with the titans and we played 
the Chargers and Ryan Leaf, and he played very well against us. And there was no question. No, the, everybody in the media, well, it's clearly Ryan Leaf, and it's not even close. Look at Peyton Manning. He's struggling. He's awful. Ryan Leaf, we all knew it. You know, Peyton Manning, if his last name was Peyton Man, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be, you know, it was all Ryan Leaf. Well, how'd that turn out? Uh, Rick Meyer was a rookie of the year in the league, and he struggled after that. I think it, 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 there's a lot of things that go. First thing is, and, and I had Steve McNair. Steve wasn't ready, but, but Steve wasn't ready because he ran in such an unsophisticated offense in college where he it took us a, a, a full week in our first minicamp for him to execute the quarterback center exchange. Now, today, there are a number of guys that come in that don't know how to take quarterbacks. I mean, everything's shotgun. But what we were going to do, that was a problem. So it was to throw him in there, and, and we played him in preseason, whatever. So it, we had a veteran. We understood that going in. So we had a veteran quarterback. We had Chris Chandler, and then we went had Dave Craig. Um, so we brought him along slowly. Again, I think it's individual. It's, and Steve had mental toughness and physical toughness, but he just wasn't ready, and he needed to learn. He needed to learn more. Peyton was was a very good learner and a fast learner, and he picked things up quickly. But you know, it, 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 if he wasn't mentally tough, it, it could have shell shocked. I mean, uh, one guy that I thought it was shell shocked was David Carr. Hey, David I'll Carr. David Carr, I was going to pick another one, Patrick Ramsey, how Steve Spurrier. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Steve ran five wide, and poor Patrick Ramsey, it felt like he took the snap and, and got in the fetal position before the rush was even there. No, absolutely. Um, and then you got just the, the complete just getting beaten up, and you hope you survive physically. Now, in today's game, that's not as big of a deal because they don't allow you to hit a, hit a guy as much unless you're a running quarterback. So, again, it is – there's no way on the outside you look and say, well, this is what they should do. It, you really have to know the player. I mean, intimately, you got to know the player. You got to know what makes them tick. You got to know how he responds. You know, some guys go in a shell when they struggle. And then you got to build them up, and it's it's a constant building up. Other guys learn quickly from the mistake and are challenged. I want to get in there. That is, that's part of one aspect of mental toughness. So, yeah, yeah, you can throw a guy into the wolves. What are your other options? You know, I know that uh, – so I, I had good friends with Jim Moore, a senior, and, you know, and, and they had Peyton as a rookie. He coached him as a rookie, and, and he said the plan was to start him. He says, but we didn't have it – if you remember, they, they didn't have any other options. I mean, that, that was it. They didn't have any other options to really go to. But I think you know that going in. And in, and in college, it's the same way. I think I think today in general, though, because of the oversimplification of the offense with a lot of the zone read stuff that's over-reliant on um, the RPO game, I think you can, in general, start a quarterback quicker. It's, if he's physically ready and make all the throws, what have you, athletic i think you can in general start a guy quicker i think you can start to get well in the nfl you got to start him quicker because you got to get to know in the first four years or five years if he's drafted in the first round whether you got something and you sign him a long-term deal or you got to move on 
So you can't waste a year. So normally you're going to start the guy pretty early in the NFL. In college, I think you can because of the uh, the proliferation of the zone read stuff and the RPO stuff in high school. I think it's an easier transition. Um, it, when you went from more pro style in the NFL, uh, in college football rather, then that was always you know completely different. A lot in high school was a lot of option stuff and and in the 70s and so it took a while for guys to sit but it's a different world and i think today you know back then you'd have to uh, much like the nfl you got to know quickly in college what you got to do today is you got to be careful so let's just say if you got a guy and he's mentally tough and you don't play him uh, i mean like you you wonder what's going to happen at texas now i think you know um quinn yours is you know likely I mean, he's progressing nicely. And I think that, you know, the word is Arch Manning is willing to redshirt. But he's kind of from old school, from kind of how his uncles and his dad and all come back. But but most guys, let's just take, let's say Nico doesn't win it and he's not happy. And what, Well, in college, what you have to do is you have to try to get them started, get them on the field as quick as possible. Because if you don't, then they might go into the portal or they might get dis disenchanted. Now, now you got to throw in different things, which is NIL deal. I mean, he might play really well and, you know, he might get a better NIL deal somewhere else and, and not anybody specific, but just in general. So a lot of it is you got to try to get a guy on the field earlier now. So I think that's a factor. Is there, are they ready or not? Don't know, but I think you got to adjust your system to get the best playmakers on the field. And I think quarterbacks are part of it. And I think that the progression of what they run in high school to college to the NFL is, is more seamless than it ever has been. Please hit that like button, the thumbs up button. It opens us up to more people. We greatly appreciate that. If you haven't subscribed already, and I was looking at the analytics, <laughs> only 20% of our regular viewers subscribe. So please subscribe, but be sure and hit that like button. We appreciate that because it alerts more people that we're out there. And turn your notifications on. We've got a lot of big things coming down the pike. I think you can already see that right now. So uh, Chris's appearance brought to you in part by Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man Alive, it's worth the drive in Cleveland. Whether you're in Nashville, Knoxville, or Chattanooga, we're talking about industrial mowers. We're talking about commercial mowers and residential lawn supplies that will take care of you. Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man Alive, it's worth the drive. Amanda? So we're looking at this transfer portal and, and how as a coach can you get, I don't know, not past it or, I mean, how can you use it to your advantage and it not hurt your team? Cause I don't see how bringing in players and putting them ahead of other players that have been sitting there and yada, yada, yada. How do you as a coach manage to do that? Well, in full disclosure, I've never coached in a transfer portal era, but I have thought about it and I have talked to a lot of coaches about what they're doing. And so armed with that, um, I, I think you got to be, it's like to me when you're recruiting guys out of high school, you know, it's not just, well, he's got five stars by his name. You got to really know not only how good he is, but does he fit in the locker room? What type of character? And I think you got to do that. First of all, it is very likely or probable that you know the player from recruiting. Maybe you recruited him. Maybe you got to know him. Maybe you didn't. So if you did or didn't, you've got to really get to know that person like you know 
players in recruiting to whether they're likely to be a fit. As you know, they come on a visit, like like uh, like recruits. And one of the reasons why you have a lot of your, I always did it, is, is recruiting coordinator. Back, you take your team leaders and a lot of key people uh, on your your roster, and they would spend time with them. They go out with them, hang out with them, talk with them. And I'd always say, what you didn't have, and you want to have guys that wouldn't just say, "Oh yeah." Great coach. Yeah, you want you want somebody that could was comfortable telling you, yeah, I don't know about the fit or whatever. He's he's a little bit more. You can get a feel for him, and I think that's important. I, I do think that um, it is potentially a problem that if guys come in, somebody in front may be um, offended or hurt. I think it comes down to communication. I think if you're honest with people, they may not like what you tell them. But, I mean, I sit there and say, all right, look, I need a running back. I just think the guys that I have are not ready or they're not quite as good. And I I would call them in and say, look, this is what we're doing. We're looking at a couple of guys in the portal um, that we think would help. Just, you know, want you to understand – Love what you've done here. You've worked hard, all that. But I think we need somebody with a little bit more of this or that, whatever. And I think if you do that, if they don't feel comfortable and and, and they're not willing to buy into that, then then maybe it's not the right place for them. So I think that to me, it's and it's more difficult in this day and age because we have trained young guys to think that. And and I'm going to say this: the worst part is not the kids. It's the parents yep. It's the, 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 that, that tell them, you're this, you're ranked this guy, you're the best, and you're then Uncle, Uncle Leroy is telling them this, and Cousin Kathy is saying, I heard, you know, and, and if you're not playing, there's something wrong there. And, and it's, it's not the world I grew up in because if I'm not starting, it's because I wasn't good enough. I didn't start. I didn't play on. I wasn't good enough. I mean, I could see it. I understood it. I, I, you know, I mean, I tried to always get better, and but I also knew I had limitations. And I was grateful for for the role that I did have. I think you got to. I think we're away from that now. I think all of them feel like when they arrive on campus that they have arrived. Yeah. That that's it. I am. Look at me. I'm here. What are you going to do for me? And. The NIL is only going to make that more entitlement, you know, take place. I'm, I'm getting this. I'm going to make this money. And then you got the pressure. Now let's throw NIL in it. Imagine Mr. Uh, NIL donor there saying, I paid this and this guy's not playing. He's not the best. Guy. He's not the best guy. What, you know, I mean, I'm not getting my value. I mean, I wanted the starting quarterback. And now he's, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and so I think you got a lot of pressures that you got to deal with. And the answer is it's very difficult to kind of manage all that. Now, I can tell you that I rooted for Jacob Warren to score a couple more touchdowns than he did this season because he works with us. Yeah, but yeah. but that, that didn't happen. I certainly didn't call Josh Heupel and voice my displeasure. But um, I'm curious. And and. Caleb, I want you to jump in here, too, and remind everybody that Big Orange Phillies is on Maynardville Pike, and Big Orange Phillies is a great place in North Knoxville for you to stop in, have a bite, family-friendly, billiards, darts, and you're going to love Big Orange Phillies. And 
Chris, I wonder this with Joe Milton, and you and I talked about it on a separate podcast. How much more accurate can you be? Because when I look at Joe Milton, and I'm not a scout like you, okay? Hand of the air. I'm not trying to pretend to be that. But I see a guy that's very flat-footed. I see a guy that um, I think accuracy is somewhat innate. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I just don't see a guy that can go from being a C-minus guy as far as accuracy to a B-plus guy, which I think Hendon Hooker did. Am, am I right or wrong, or do I not know? No, I think you, you're on to a, a few things that are really pertinent. I think that um... – He's more of an arm thrower. You really throw the football from the bottom up. You throw with your feet. Um, it's where a lot of your power comes from, but it's also a lot of where your accuracy is. So you're right. He is flat-footed. That's a really good observation. And, and a lot of it is it's difficult to get your, your feet set. In other words, when he gets his feet set, he can be more accurate. Some guys, you know, I mean, the, the ultimate example is Patrick Mahomes, who throws it from all different platforms, and he throws it accurately. Um, some guys are platform throwers. They have to have everything perfectly set. Well, that's difficult with pass rushes and movement. So clean pocket, get the ball out quickly, which this offense allows, that helps you a, a little bit. I think that one of the things you have to do, and you're correct, your throwing motion pretty much is – what it's going to be the way you pick up and throw a rock as a five-year-old is pretty much how you're going to throw a football for the most part. Now there's some things mechanically with you know, how to your elbow and in your release point, getting it hot. Those are things that you can do to improve getting a ball out quickly so that you can get it out on time. Some accuracy issues are timing issues, meaning you're late with the ball. You're late with the read. You're, you're a little bit late releasing it. In other words, you see it, you want to throw it, and, I mean, you're not a pitcher on the mound. You can take whatever wind-up you want on the mound, but in football, you know, you really want to have the ball ready to – cocked and loaded and ready to throw. Um, so I think you can do some things mechanically to help you. I think you can definitely do things with your footwork to help you. You definitely could do some things with reads and understanding of coverage so that you can get the ball out quicker and anticipate better. All those things are – absolutely important i think with the deep ball with him for example that he overthrows a bunch is that he doesn't put enough air under it and i think that's just to me i think you can improve some of that and then the way you do it is to, to me you always try uh, i used to use barrels you make them throw it in a barrel deep because if you don't if you throw everything with with Less arc, I mean, you're going to hit the barrel. You're never going to drop it in. I think you can do some of those things. So I think you can, but I think it requires an inordinate amount of work. And it's if it's not natural, normally it, it, it doesn't improve a tremendous amount. All right, jump in there, Caleb. What do you got? Yeah, uh I, I wanted to actually go back a little bit to the transfer portal talk for a minute because I was mm -hmm. kind of thinking, uh, or the NIL deals. I think there is an issue that, thinking about it for the player's sake, how are, it, how are schools going to weigh, and I don't know how schools can weigh this, The how can you stress to kids the importance of, if you are an NFL talent, 
you don't want to be short-sighted and take the school that offers you the most NIL money. You want to take the school that'll get you to the NFL and have you succeed in the NFL where, yeah, there may be a seven, $8 million deal in college for a guy like Nico. There's a hundred million dollar deal on the table if you get to the NFL. <laughs> and so how, how, are we play, how are we going to get 17 year olds to learn how to weigh that? I don't know. It's going to be really tough to, um, to, I mean, I, I, I think it goes back to how they brought up, how they raised, what are their values? Um, you know, we, we talk about, you know, not all kids are bad. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the story, but Blake Corum, who, who was running back for Michigan mm -hmm. and he didn't play this past week. He was injured, but to me, he's, he's had the type of year that probably deserves to be invited to New York. He took all his NIL money and he's used it all for charity, wow. you know, buying turkeys for underprivileged families and things like that. Um, I, there's something I learned a long time in scouting. Um, money makes you more of what you are. If you've got good values, you're a good person. Obviously, this young man is. He's going to use that money for good. He doesn't have to give it all away. That's a, But if if you are, it's all about what I want. No, nothing wrong with spending money like you want. It's your money. But if everything is, you know, i got to get this, i got to get that, i got more money, it's about me. It, it, I think it comes down to the core of what type of person is it. I think it's very dangerous to answer your question because I don't think a lot of the core values of some of these players are even formed yet. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know when I was 18 years old what I would have done with a ton of money. I really don't. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how I would have reacted to it. I never had that opportunity. But, you know, a, a lot of it is going to be an expectation of, well, this is – and I think it's great. I don't know that they can, they can manage the money, and I don't think they can manage the expectations. Um, and I think it's going to be difficult. I, to me, I always go back to college, and this is big-time college football, but I still think it's an educational process. I, I would like to see – and I know a lot of schools are doing it. You can teach, but you, you can't make them learn, you know, if they don't want to learn. But a lot of schools are implementing, like, certain classes like money management, you know, how to properly handle a checkbook, how to, how to put a certain percentage away into your savings and stuff like that. Uh, maybe how to invest, you know, and, and invest for retirement, invest for, you know, whatever. Uh, hey, you know, you might want to have children one day. Do you want to start? I mean, there's just a million things that obviously, but if you're that type of person that are into that, if you're the type of person that wants to buy every shiny thing, probably not going to handle it very well. I mean, it's again, it's, their money can do what they want, but that person is likely when the money runs out, they're probably looking for more else. Well, guess what? You spent all of your time you know, not really focusing on the things that you need to do to sustain your ability to make more money into the future that kind of blew it. What a think about this. What a tremendous opportunity in the day of NIL. If you came in, you took the money, you had a you live comfortably, you can take your girlfriend out on dates, you can do things to have a nice life. 
decent, whatever. If you're if you're poor, and a lot of them are, can send money back home, do things. If you can do that, and you learn how to manage money, you 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 put some ahead. Just think of how much of an advantage there is. And if you're smart enough, meaning you know that you will do your schoolwork and get a good education. Think about how many go to school, have to take out loans and and have to you're in a situation, get a free education and you get money on top of that. And then you get out. Maybe you're good enough to play pro ball. Maybe you're not. Even if you are, maybe you play three, four years. Look at what a big advantage that you have. You've got whatever amount of money in the bank saved, invested, whatever. Now you can go and live a life that very few people have a chance coming out of college ever, unless they just from a rich family, you can, you can do a lot of good. So I think it goes back to the type of character would have you, but, but the other thing too, is how do you learn? What, I mean, I think you're learning a long time ago, you know, a, a coach that I knew said, God doesn't make any junk. I don't think people are born bad. I think kind of their environment shapes it. And if you grew up in a bad environment, if you grew up in drug infested environments and theft and whatever, it's, it's, it's hard to maybe know right from wrong. And then at least growing up, it's kind of how you live. And I think you got to fight through that. And that's why I always tried to study guys backgrounds and, and that's why we use so many psychologists and everything in our NFL work that are a lot smarter at understanding people. I think that you've got to look into a person's character and background. And it, look, just because you grew up in a bad background doesn't mean you're going to be a bad person. You, you, if you got the right type of character, maybe it's a grandmother or an aunt or somebody, a mother, even if it's not your parents, that um, that can maybe help you understand right from wrong that yeah everybody around you may be stealing and cheating and doing whatever but that's not the way that's not the path and i think it's it goes down to that i think that there's going to be natural jealousies in the locker room about who makes what and who doesn't but i also think that you know that's a part of life too you know and what are we teaching them i mean when you go get a job and you work for a company Somebody is going to make more money than you. Somebody's going to make less. And what's the way to do it? So you're going to complain and are you going to leave? Well, you can do that, I guess. But, you know, maybe you just got to do a better job in your craft. And I think this is an opportunity to really determine who can you count on in the locker room. If you got guys that are not happy, not comfortable, uh, I think as as a school, the way I think I would handle it, is I would have it and I would have it pretty much evenly dispersed with the idea that if you are a quote unquote, a more notable person, then you can get extra money on your own. Meaning if you work NIL deals and you can get extra money, well, you know what? Oh, Joe over there is making a lot more money than you, but you know why? Look at what he's doing. Look at what he's been able to do. He's earned that. If you're the type that wants to sit there and have NIL money handed to you and he's working for it, well, then that tells you that guy's probably not going to work real hard in football either. So to me, I'd like to have, if I did it, I would probably have enough money for everybody to sustain and live comfortably. And then 
you are all free to do extra stuff, you know, you know, that can make you money. And it, it's likely the quarterback's going to have a better chance. But you know what? There are linemen that are going out there in a creative way of doing things and what have you. Go out and do it, you know. Um, but, you know, to me it teaches, if you want to look at a positive, it teaches work. It teaches ingenuity. And um, I worry a little bit about it if, if they're spending maybe too much time on that and not enough on school or not enough on football. But, but you know what? I think there's enough time. I mean, kids are young and, you know, um, they're going to find a way to do everything plus go out and have fun with their friends. I, I, I think that I think there are a lot of good kids that can figure out ways to do it, but we need to help them. Good stuff, Chris. We certainly appreciate it. We will uh, talk to you soon, as always, and have a fantastic day. Hey, and we got playoffs in 2024. How about that? We got one more year of a 14 playoff. How's that? I'm ready. I'm I, think, ready. I think most people are. So, um, yeah, that came down there last night. So, hey, great to be with you guys. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Talk right, soon. Man, appreciate it. Bye-bye. Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. We didn't have, even have a chance to get to that. And uh, Chris Landry's appearance brought to you in part by our friends at uh, Craft Treats. We'll tell you more about Craft Treats when we get to message board bingo. But also City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. It's about integrity, HVAC with integrity in the Knoxville area. You'll love cityheatingandair.com. And I'll tell you what, this is pretty awesome. Look at my eyes. I can see without glasses or contacts. I had my LASIK, my local doctors there in the Knoxville area. And if you've got anyone that is considering LASIK or you've got maybe a family member or you, that needs cataract surgery, it's Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn, and it's just not close because they are local to Knoxville and they care about you. Listen, anybody can run the laser, but when it comes in, it comes down to someone that actually cares about you and your eyesight, that's Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Back in two minutes. Hang with me. Off the hook sports. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do, and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left, and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, 
and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. This day in sports history, putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. New kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. Got so excited about reading this day in sports history that I forgot to hit the production element leading into it. <laughs> Caleb Calhoun and Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. We'll talk some hoops. For a minute here in this day in sports history, we go back to December the 1st. The Lady Vols defeated Nebraska 77 to 58 on a neutral court in Minneapolis. Lisa Webb led the team uh, with three of six field goals and three for three for 17, uh, 17 points back in 1984. This sounds like one of those games that Pat Summit was a part of where she had a sub early and sub often. That happened a lot as uh, she was incredibly ahead of the game. So not surprised. All right, your thoughts on the basketball balls. Um, I want to hear from the message board. I want to hear from Caleb and Amanda. We weren't expecting that to be much of a contest last night. Uh, Caleb, um, what did you think? Anything stand out? Some of these early season games are really tough to develop much of an opinion on. Oh, you're muted, Caleb. Sorry. I want to say the spread was 34 and a half. I took Tennessee to cover. I took the under. That dunk by Toby Walker in the last 20 seconds. Thank you, bro. Got, got my money on that. They covered. They scored. They won by 36. So, <laughs> um, I, I appreciate I appreciate you, Toby. I appreciate you for doing that for me. Thank yeah, you. that was um, now that I think about it. I hadn't thought about that at the time. Yeah, yeah, that last dunk, that was, a, that was a beautiful cover. I can't tell you how great that was. Um, but uh, I will say that uh, I think the thing is, I mean, I think it's – they're doing a lot of this without Josiah Jordan-James, their best, most versatile defender, and, and you know, because he's been banged up, obviously. And I, I, I just got to say that this is impressive, the way they're, the way they're playing. Um, you know, I think the, real, the thing that's really starting to show is that we knew about what Santi Vescovi can do, but you're starting to see Julian Phillips kind of start to live up to his five-star billing. Um, boy, Tyree Key, talk about transfer portal players that that can ball. Tyree Key is right there with one of them. And I think this team only gets better when Josiah Jordan James comes back. I will say that Rick Barnes' history, he's a great coach. I'm a fan of Rick Barnes as a coach and a, and a developer of talent. He's not always been the best manager of talent when you talk about experienced guys and plugging in five stars. There were a couple of years at Texas, most notably his last year there, where he returned basically everybody, added a five star, and then the team regressed a little bit. So Tennessee's in a similar situation this year. Last year it worked out with Kennedy Chandler, but we're going to have to see where it goes with them as the season progresses. They're looking really good now. Um, but you know, when Josiah Jordan James comes back, when Euros Plav Plavsic is assuming he's fully healthy. I know he's relatively healthy, but, you know, he, again, he, he still is only playing 15 to 20 minutes a night. I don't even think he played 15 last night. Um, you're, we're going to have to see how Barnes manages those guys. I want to play a new game because 
one of the many things I love about Amanda LaFrada is she'll call me on bull, uh, bull stuff. So she'll say, no, Dave. And I love that. Okay. So we're going to, a new game that just popped into my head. We'll have a production element next week about it. Bull or believe. Okay. So is it bull or do you believe it? All right. So I want to talk Lane Kiffin and what went down with him not getting the Auburn job or not accepting the Auburn job or not being offered the Auburn job. So bull or believe, I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions about what I have been told about the Lane Kiffin situation. I was told, first of all, that Lane was ready to accept the job. And let's start with that, that Lane was ready to accept the job. Bull or believe? Um, <clears throat> I, I did believe it. I think it's bull now, though. Okay, you take a vote. Caleb? I'm not hedging. I believe it. I believe it. I think once he did that fake news tweet last week, I think he knew he wasn't getting the job by that point. But I do think he was ready to accept it before then. Okay, I'm I'm going to believe. I believe that one. Something I was told yesterday, his kids ultimately weren't the ones. They were the ones that didn't want to go. They were the deciding factor. They wanted to stay in Oxford. Bull or believe? I think that's bull. <laughs> I think this this comes down. I mean, honestly, I think that this comes down to Auburn. Um, I think, yeah. in my opinion, I think Kevin turned it down. But I think it's more along the lines of because of the way that things worked in Auburn. Because I can't believe that a school would rather hire Hugh Freeze with the background that he has. And if they've done their due diligence on Hugh Freeze, all the allegations out there, um, I don't think that that would have been their first choice. Please hit the like button and Caleb Buller believe. I think it's bull because do his kid don't his kids live with his mom out in California? Knox lives with him. Knox lives with, Knox him. Lives with him. Okay, all right. I, I was I yeah. So I think it's bull. Amanda, you kind of got me to your side. First one's bull too. I think Lane turned it down. I, I'm I, I'm still baffled that Auburn hired Hugh Freeze, and it's not it's not the prostitution scandal. I think the prostitution scandal covers up for how much of a liar he is in so many other ways. I mean. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 going the first one's bull too. Amanda's converted me. No, it's, uh, it's Amanda, more the underage thing is is my my main concern with. Well, yeah, there just for so people know, uh, there's an article out there, and I this was this went around in Memphis a lot during this time. He was coaching at Briarcrest when I was there, and there was an article that some of the girls complained that when they weren't in uniform he would make them take their shirts off and sit and wait for their parents in his office for their parents to bring them the 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 actual proper uniform and outfit are you talking about hostesses or what are we talking about no hugh freeze wouldn't no no students when he was a high school coach at briarcrest female students at the school if their uniform wasn't proper attire he would bring them to his office and make them take off what they were wearing and was sit. That actually reported, Caleb. Yes, yes, it I can pull up the article right yes. now. Oh, wow that that would have eliminated him right there. And not to mention, not not to mention him trying to defame Houston Nutt and just you know lie to players so he could keep them signed after. Yes. Like like he the prostitution scandal is the least scandalous thing he did. And oh, so sounds which sounds crazy. Um. Okay, bull or believe. The social media played into it. I was told that 
both coaches had to turn over their social media accounts to the schools. I don't know if that means pre-existing DMs. Okay. I can't tell you that, but that essentially they were going to neuter Lane in terms of his Twittering. Bull or bull? Um, <clears throat> I believe that because they did put that in Hugh Freeze's contract that he had to turn over his Twitter and social media accounts to Auburn. Okay. So I do believe that Auburn is that kind of crazy place where that seems like that's a likely thing. And I don't, I, but I don't know if that necessarily played into Kiffin's decision. Buller believe within that case. Caleb. Can you say it one more time? Sorry. My, okay, my, but Buller my. believe that social media factored into the hiring of Hugh Freeze because mm -hmm. they, demanded that Hugh Freeze turn over his social media accounts. And we know that Lane Kiffin loves to tweet, tweet, tweet. I'm going to say bull because Auburn, I mean, agree or disagree, Auburn doesn't really care what Bruce Pearl puts out there on social media. And so I, I don't think they would care with on the football front either. I'm going to say believe on that one. I think it was a factor. I don't know how big of a factor. Okay. Um, so, lastly, um, Buller believe Lane Kiffin will be the head coach at Ole Miss in 2024. 2024. Uh, I bull. I don't think he will. I think he's looking for an opportunity to move along. I don't think Auburn was the right opportunity. And I think because Kiffin, I think a desperate person had to go to Auburn because they require so much control there of that program that I don't think that Kiffin was that right fit. I don't think he would have gone after maybe at first. Yes, it, it was appealing. Then after digging into everything, I think he saw that and was like, mm, better not. Because there's another opportunity that's going to come along where he has more free reign than Auburn's willing to give him. So I think, but with that, he will not be coaching at, at Ole Miss in 2024. I think they have him for another year. Another opportunity will arise. Maybe, who knows, Ohio State. I could see Kiffin going there if Ryan Day doesn't get it done because apparently they have big problems. With him, so. um, I'm Buller believe on that, Caleb. All right, no pun intended. I'm very bullish on the Bulls today, but <laughs> I'm all Bulls. But I'm still, I'm still, um, I'm with Amanda. I'm still a Bull um, because I agree. I think there might be some jobs opening up. Um, I think Jimbo, I think Texas a might have an opening next year. You know, just saying. I, I we get Jimbo Fisher's buyout, but I mean, how long can the buyout keep you from moving on? So Texas A&M might open up. Mike Norville had a decent year this year. Can he repeat that at Florida State next year? He, it, I mean, that that's a question. Amanda's right. Ryan Day at Ohio State. Um, there might be some better jobs open up next year. Well, and I know that Lane wants a Florida job. It's not going to come open after next year. But Billy Napier, I don't believe, is anything special, unlike we heard at SEC Media Days repeatedly. So that could come open after 2024. I think there's a real possibility there. All right, so Buller believe Lane Kiffin would have been a, this word is important, much better hire than Hugh Freeze. Believe. Much. Believe. Believe. Hands down, believe. 
I think anybody at this moment would have been a better hire than Hugh Freeze. Belief. I'm, I agree. I can't stress just how I, I, I'm still, I, I can't believe the SEC let this happen because I had heard reports that Greg Sankey was basically reading the riot act to athletic directors a couple of years ago. I don't know how confirmed this is that he was basically saying, don't let him back in the conference. And I know he didn't want him. And I think Auburn just gave a giant middle finger to <laughs> the entire SEC. And now, I, I believe Lane Kiffin would have been a much better hire because he would have exploded in the transfer portal. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, they, they they would be an SEC West contender. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to win it next year, but they would have been a contender as early as next year because of the transfer portal. You don't have to build it up anymore. All right. Last Buller belief. The whole thing with the television reporter reporting that he was going to accept the Auburn job on Friday was manufactured news via Elaine Kiffin leak to help him either get the Auburn job or get a contract extension and raise at Ole Miss. Bull or believe? Um, that's really far-fetched. I mean, I'm just going to say bull on that because it's super far-fetched. There's no kind of evidence that that's the case here's why i think it is true lane he doth that protest too much he got in this twitter war with this guy he talked about the meeting he talked about how it took away from the preparations of the egg bowl he went on and on for three or four minutes after in the press conference after the egg bowl I think that was orchestrated. I think that was leaked by somebody, maybe not Lane specifically, maybe Jimmy Sexton, or someone leaked that to that reporter. And I will bet you, and we'll know if I'm right or wrong, within two months, that reporter will have a major break in a news story at Ole Miss. And that was the uh, shake-shake agreement on, you put this out there to help me get a raise or get the Auburn job, whichever the case may be, and you're going to have a major news break story in the next couple of months. This I'll, is House of Cards, Kevin Spacey, Zoe Barnes-like moment. Sorry, but yeah. um, I'm going to go bull because I can't I, – I get it, but I can't – Lane Kevin cost his team if he did that. Ole Miss lost to Mississippi State because of that, because of that report. I firmly believe that. I took Ole Miss money line last week, best money I ever dropped. I put a lot of money on it. I'm sorry, I took Mississippi State money line, excuse me. And um, mm-hmm. put a lot of money on it, made a bank because of all the distractions. And I get Ole Miss wasn't playing for anything, but just for the purposes of the portal and recruiting, nine and three looks a heck of a lot better than eight and four. Yeah, I agree with that too. I don't I don't know if he would necessarily have done that to his team. Um, Lane's always seemed like a kind of a, a, a player person. I don't think he would have done that to his players just to get a contract extension. He would have gotten that contract extension no matter what, because Auburn was clearly interested. And so, so were a lot of different people. So I think he would have gotten his contract extension. He didn't have to go that far. I think it made him mad. I mean, honestly, I think he was pissed off about the guy coming out and saying something, his team having to read that he having to address it. So that's what I believe. I'm going to say I believe it. 
I'm gonna say I believe that it was leaked to give him leverage. Conspiracy theory hooker. Mm-hmm. I, I have reason in my history to believe that. But I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's time for message board bingo. It's brought to you by Craft Treats. Uh, Craft Treats has the fantastic chill pills that'll help with your dog's arthritis. It'll help with your dog's anxiety, and it will also help with your dog's digestive issues and craft treats you can go to crafttreats.com with the chill pills or any of their fine products that are all homemade all with natural ingredients and they're all good for your pet and use the code off the hook that's off the hook and get 20 percent off so if you don't win go to crafttreats.com use the promo code off the hook get 20 percent off message board bingo is now the issue isn't quitting on the team Fans everywhere just don't believe in him. They're a coach. He has proven to be a fraud. He's weak, soft, scared, and his teams play undisciplined and with poor tactics and game management. His teams fold and break down to due to it. The team actually quit in the game. So this would be this past weekend, a team that actually quit in the game. So Caleb's on the spot. Here's the way it works. Amanda reads that post from a message board. If you can name the team that that message board post was made on, then you are going to win a prize via Craft Treats, a Craft Treats gift certificate. So you got about 10 seconds. Do you want to give any hints? Because we don't have any takers right now. I think it's so hard. Uh, Yeah, it is not an SEC team is not an sec team all right so you got a few seconds orange blood saying too many high school coaches lean on a quarterback's athleticism and don't teach them the pass read skills and it hinders their growth pro a couple of other thoughts um also tennessee jr saying uh will freeze give the uf perv a shot <laughs> getting his team seems a whole lot of leaped up to hire Hugh freeze but if they allow that garbage they need to bring uh public anyway um vanderbilt is a guest by chris that's a that's an sec team right um oh miss is a guest by eric it's not an sec team ohio state or oklahoma state i can't tell ohio state whoever guessed ohio state that's eric so here's my email you win and we will take care of you and uh, you will win a gift certificate to Craft Treats. So everybody have a fantastic day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll have Coach Lance join us. Visit with Jonathan Crompton as well. We'll get a breakdown of the championship weekend. So we've got a lot going on for Amanda LaFrada and Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. <laughs>